0: And would you turn with me to Deuteronomy, please, chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. <clears throat> We're just going to lift two verses, but keep your Bible open there, please. We're going to entitle this this morning, The Spiritual Realm and the Natural World. The Spiritual Realm and the Natural World. Deuteronomy 32. And verses 30, pardon me, and 31. How should one chase a thousand, and two put ten thousand to flight, except the rock had sold them, and the Lord had shut them up? For their rock is not our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Take your word, Father, your own divine and inspired word, and Lord, lead me in your word and guide me. But I also pray, Father, that those that are under the sound of this word, we pray, Lord, that your glory would be made known to them as to us. Lord, we worship you because you're worthy of it. We love you because you first loved us. And we thank you for all that you've done for us and in our lives. Glorify the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. For his name's sake we ask it. Amen. The spiritual realm and the natural world. Deuteronomy 32 has five direct references to, capital R, the rock. The rock. For example, verse 4 of the Lord, it says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. Notice, His work is perfect. And that carries right through to Christ on the cross. His cross work is perfect. It's said of Him, He doeth all things well. Perfect sacrifice, perfect salvation, perfect redemption, his work is perfect. You know what that means? There's no adding to it. There's no adding to it. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but By me, he says. And without iniquity, just and right is he. In him, there's no sin. He was yet without sin. He did no sin. He is the perfect, spotless, impeccable lamb, the son of God. Now notice this. It also says again in verse 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat. Jeshurun really is Israel here. Wax fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. I feel that he's talking to me personally there after Christmas. All the eating have done. Then he forsook God. After all God blessed him with. After all God blesses us with. After all God has done for us. We tend to forget him. Forget him in the quiet place. Forget him in the church house. We forget him. Then he pursued God which made him. Notice, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Is this not what's happening now across our nation? Across Ulster? Across the land? They are lightly esteeming the work of Christ. Even in many churches, the Lord Jesus is hardly mentioned. It's stories and fairy tales and it's little thoughts and little programs across many, many people with many, many preachers so-called are are talking about all of these flowery things. And there's no opening of the scripture hardly. There's no expounding of the word. There's no sin mentioned and there's no repentance mentioned. There's no blood mentioned. There's no cross work of Christ. There's no finished work. A finished work of the cross of Christ mentioned. know what they're doing? They're lightly esteeming that which God hath done in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lightly esteeming the excruciating pain and suffering that Christ has went through that we might be redeemed. They're putting in uh, programs and they're having ecumenical services and they're doing all of this stuff coming away from the truths of the word of God. The word of God is outdated to them. And they're lightly esteeming. You don't need to tell people, they say, about Jesus all the time. You don't need to talk about the cross. You don't always need to mention the gory blood of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You don't need to tell people that they need to repent and, and turn from their wicked ways. You don't need to preach that stuff. You don't need to mention sin. Uh, you, you can mention their mistakes and their little faults. and so. Don't mention them as sinners. And you see what they're doing, they're lightly esteeming the power of the blood of the Lamb. They're lightly esteeming it because it cost heaven its best. It cost heaven more than you and I all put together could ever pay. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're lightly esteeming him. Brothers and sisters, may it never ever be said of us that we lightly esteem the cross work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice... They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. It's happening, isn't it, all across our land? It's happening in the churches. Strange gods are being brought in. Even strange fire is being brought in. Right. I am a Pentecostal, you know that. We're a Pentecostal church, you know that. But I, and I believe in the full working of, of gifts of the Spirit, we know that. But there's strange fire coming, which takes that which is, they say is Holy. It was resembling something that God never meant it to be. And so we're all tarred with the same brush. We see them barking like dogs and cackling like chickens, more like witches. That's right. Vomiting, yes, vomiting and the basins and buckets. Spitting into it as if devils are coming out of believers. I believe in the power of the blood. I believe in the crosswork of Christ. Notice, there's strange gods with abominations. Provoke they Him to anger. I believe God's angry with our nation, angry with our people. I believe He's angry with people who say they are the church. They sacrificed on the devils. Oh, well, none of us would ever do that, would we not? Do we give our lives to things that are not Christ's and sacrifice even Christ and his work and his time that we should give him to other things? Do they not in our nation sacrifice on the devils when they stand before idols? and they buy and submit to them? Are they not demonic spirits behind the effigies that they they kneel down to and stand behind? Are they not devils behind them? Yet the church, so called of Jesus Christ, is amalgamating and ecumenizing with it. They sacrificed on the devils, not to God. Giving the time of God, God's uh, God's time that you should have with him, uh, giving it to other things, worldly, demonic things. To gods whom they knew not, listen, to new gods. There's new gods coming on the scene all the time. They're not gods, or small g here, because they're not gods at all. that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Notice verse 18. Of the rock that begot thee, thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. Church, may we never forget him. What did we sing? Lest I forget Gethsemane. Lest I forget thine agony. Lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to where? Calvary. Shut it out. Lead me to Calvary. Calvary. Everything that we need is found at the foot of the cross. Everything is found in Christ of the rock that begat thee thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them. I wonder what the Lord abhors in Ulster today. After God being so generous and good with the gospel and evangelism and the word of God being so rich in our little, our little country called Northern Ireland, I wonder what abhors them today. I could, name, I could name many things, but I'm sure we all know them, don't we? I wonder what he abhors in the church. When the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because, they provoked, because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. Will you let your eye run down again then to verse 29? Oh, that they were wise. You see, in verse 28, he calls them a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. And when I look at what's happening in our land, that that sort of fits right in there. Then he says, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. And the problem is, you see, a man thinks that he's going to live forever and carry on forever and be like he is forever and do what he does forever. I just heard, I overheard a man speaking over the holidays. And he was boasting to another man. And you couldn't miss it. It wasn't ear eavesdropping or eerie wigging. I was, I couldn't miss it. He was right beside me. And there was a queue that, uh, and, and it was over before the Christmas period. And I heard him boasting and about his conquest and about his, his, uh, uh, I had a great night because I was full drunk and, and, and his mate was saying, well, where did you go and what would you do? He says, well, I can't remember, but he had a good night. I had many of those. I thought I was having a good night, but it was the devil. The devil was taking me to hell. Our nation is full of it. I know that they were wise, that they understood this, That they would consider their latter end. The end of it. What is the end of all of this? It's death and judgment. Then wherever you are in Christ or not, it's heaven or hell, isn't it? It's the kingdom of God and his glory. Heaven or hell. So it brings us into how should one chase a thousand How should one chase a thousand and poo, two put ten thousand to flight? It's impossible. It's impossible. And what we need is when we look at the impossibilities in our land and the impossibilities in our nation, and the pastor mentioned it last Sunday morning for those that were here, and he mentioned about 2020, he believes was going to be that, that sifting and moving and in church in general of there's going to be those who are going to be tested and tried, and there are going to be those who are grounded down, grounded in the word, grounded in their faith, they'll carry on. And there won't, those who won't. There's those who say there are Christ's and their, their sins will be shown forth and they're not Christ's in the church. I believe that. And the government is going to come harder and harder on the Christians. It's those who are grounded. Hey, as I said, there are those who are genuinely Christ's and they fell away for one reason or another. Pray them back, brother. Pray them in, sister. No, no, no. Don't you let go of them. Right. But notice this. How shall one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? It's impossible. When we look at our land and we look at our nation we look at even, uh, uh, this isn't a condemnation to any of you. This is generally uh, what, I, what, we, what I see as a pastor, what I see as a Christian, what does I see as a, a blood washed, blood bought, born again believer? I see the church in general, and talking even with other pastors, I see the church getting lethargic and sleepy. I see it getting weary and tired, and persecution hasn't even really started. Think of the times of the the reformers. Listen, see the Protestant Reformation. It was the biggest move of the Holy Ghost since the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Don't you let people put the Protestant Reformation down. Other Christians will tell you, it's time to proclaim we don't protest. Brothers and sisters, I protest against anything and everything that's not in the word of God. That doesn't mean to say you're a Catholic caterer. That's not what that means. It means I biblically I want to walk biblically before God. The biggest move of the Holy Spirit it was, and we've seen it was also one of the biggest moves of the devil, of the enemies of the cross, of the enemies of the crosswork of Christ, of the enemies of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Persecution. But yet God was breathing in his church and God was moving in power. And God was the one who was showing forth his word and was being printed on page. It was, being, uh, it was being translated, printed on page and sent across the nations. And, and so the church there, we could say, what if the church today was placed into those days? I can tell you, brothers and sisters, I don't think there'd be much of a church. Being honest. I don't think there'd be much of a church. That's in the estimation of where we are universally as a church. Why should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Impossible. Impossible. How can the church survive? You see, the church is attacked in different ways at the minute. Talking about in the West, the church is being attacked in other places the same way it was at the Reformation, but talk about in the West. How how is it that the church is, uh, uh, what way is the church being attacked now? I'll tell you how it's being attacked. Your children are being programmed. You're being programmed from their little ones in their nursery schools. They're being programmed with their television programs, or oh, the little innocent children's programs. They're dropping the little things in bit by bit. You know what they're doing? Programming their little minds. They accept everything that the devil wants them to accept. And as they get older and you adult programming our minds The word now the church has left that part from where we stand for the word. Oh, well, you see, you're a dinosaur. You're back in the olden days. You know, you're you're, you're outdated. Now it's let's have this, let's, let's gather around and we'll all, I don't mean to, I want to watch myself here. I don't want to pick on anything in particular but do you see this Sunday night sitting around a table or sitting on a tea and everybody chatting on a Sunday night meeting the pastor's up here having a wee conversation with someone and there's no word It says tell me a wee bit about your life story and all this sort of stuff and they're having a cup of tea or coffee while the congregation are watching it it doesn't say to do that not it says preach the word preach the word And we might be outdated. We might be getting outdated. We might be coming fewer and fewer in number. Those who will worship the Lord as the pastor prayed this morning in spirit and in truth. It's one thing worshiping in the spirit because on the other side there are those that are worshiping in the spirit. And they think it's the spirit but it's not. It's another spirit. It's one thing worshiping in the spirit but they also must worship in the truth. In truth. And we might be coming fewer and fewer, and we might be outdated according to the world. I said to Alison a few weeks ago, or a couple of weeks ago, and it turned there, her, I was being mentally attacked for a long time. Never said there, never, I don't usually talk to anybody about it, just talk to the Lord about it. Been mentally attacked for a long time. One time I was sitting, I was actually sitting on the end of, the, of our bed, and she came sat beside me. She says, "Are you all right?" Well, actually, she then says, "Are you all right, love?" Because <laughs> she loves me. <laughs> She's only human. <laughs> yeah, so, so. You're sitting on the end of the bed she says, are you alright love? what's wrong with you? and I says to her oh, am, I, am I wrong? am I wrong? am I, am, am I so wrong? That it, am I out of step with everything else here? am I wrong? what is it? am I too forward? am I too harsh? am I, am I, am I too outspoken? am I wrong? you see, whenever you're outspoken the devil wants to hammer you the devil wants to attack you. Pastor, you've had it, haven't you? All the time. All the time. He wants to hammer you, brother. He wants to hammer your sister. He wants, he wants to take you and give you a good beating that you'll not speak like that again. That you'll not praise the name of Jesus and you won't mention the blood of the Lamb and you won't mention a sacrifice on Calvary. That you won't tell your people about sin, and righteousness and judgment to come. That you won't do all of these things. And I said, this, Am I wrong? Am I out of step with everything else? I, I, and it's not like me to even think like this, but am I wrong? Now, you need to know my wife. Swallowson <laughs> so looks at me as if I have two heads. Do you really think you're wrong? I mean, she's speaking to me. he says, I know I'm not. We can all allow the devil in our ear and tell us that we're backdated and outdated and, you know, we're dinosaurs. You know, we, all of this stuff is out of date. I can tell you, brothers and sisters, this is forever settled in heaven. Amen. You know, how, can, how should one chase a thousand? That's good odds, isn't it? one chase a thousand but it's impossible and see what, what, what do you what, do you, what do you're saying and where you are in your home, in your life and in your family in your school your university, your college or your workplace or whatever it is it's, it's, there's only one of me there's only one of me what can I do There's only one of me in this workplace. And, you know, these these men, like, you know, uh, you know, you you pastors, all right, you preach that and then you go home and you don't have to work with the fellas I work with. Well, I can honestly tell you, you're not online saying it and everybody else is coming on to you and telling you what to think of you. There's only one of me. I was thinking about this believe it or not I haven't touched my notes yet but notice this, I will now I have a little quotation here I'm going to have to do this again I was thinking about this and I jotted this down John Knox the Scottish Protestant reformer listen to what he says A man with God is always in the majority. Fill me, O Lord, with (coughs) thy desire for all who know not thee. Then touch my lips with holy fire to speak of Calvary lest I forget Gethsemane lest I forget thine name. else would you go? Lord, I ask the words of eternal life. Listen, John Knox, a man with God is always in the majority. There's only one of me. See you with God, you can chase a thousand. Amen. You with God can chase a thousand. I loved what Mary Queen of Scots said about John Knox I fear John Knox's prayers more than all the assembled armies of Europe (laughs) eh John Knox got the praying Mary Queen of Scots got, got the quaking she feared his prayers see the thing is the world doesn't fear the prayers of the saints anymore because, you see, we've forgotten that the, there's a spiritual realm. All we see is the natural world. Maybe, God willing, next week I'll talk about this. and tell you about some of the more supernatural things I've come across. I've thrown it out because the world doesn't believe it. We've thrown it out because many in the church are dead to it. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, isn't He? The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He's supernatural, and the things that are supernatural to you and I are only natural to Him. And here, uh, the, 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 the Moses writes, "How should one chase a thousand? I'll tell you how you chase a thousand." You get into that place with God. You get into that place with God and you don't come out until you know that he's anointed you with the Spirit. You'll go into your workplace. You'll go into the new year 2020. You'll go into your family who uh, some families are more at war than at peace sometimes. You'll go into there and they'll hate you for the Spirit and anointing on you but I'll tell you something. You'll stand before them and it'll just bounce off you like like a rubber ball off a wall. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Notice the odds, how the odds have changed here. How can two put ten thousand to flight? One is one thousand, two is ten thousand. I I counted this up a bit. Not much now. It's not much because I know a lot of our brains have went into relax mode over the holidays and it's hard to get them kicked back into order again. I was thinking about this and went, uh, I know know this isn't maybe literal, but in the spirit realm, it gives us the idea that when the spirit comes into the, the natural things of man and the world, you see, can I ask you a question? And would you say it out loud if you are? Are you saved? Did you save yourself? No. 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 Could you save yourself? No, No. And how are you saved? But it's the Holy Spirit... He comes and does a work in the natural. Isn't that right? That which is dead to God. The carnal man, the carnal woman, the the man and the woman who's dead in their trespasses and in their sins, who can't save themselves. God has to get involved. He has to intervene. And he comes and quickens the man and the woman. Isn't that right? And what does he do? He always points you to where? To Calvary. Calvary. See, if you go to a church and they all talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and they're getting on this strange fire and all this stupid stuff going on, and they don't speak once about Christ, that wasn't the Holy Ghost. Because his chief office is to glorify the Son of God. Chief office is to exalt, to magnify, to glorify, and to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. So if Christ isn't exalted in a meeting, any meeting... If he isn't lifted up, if he isn't central, if he doesn't have the preeminence over everything, it's not the Holy Ghost. And I'm a Pentecostal. Has to be centered in Christ. God came and quickened us up. I'll tell you this, I'm going to close soon because if we go into another one, we'll stay here for a way longer I remember I was working with a fellow. I'll say his first name but I'll not tell you the rest of his name I was working in a place and there was a guy and he was a Christian fellow, nice guy and he was in the brethren We're sitting around the table having our lunch he called him Keith And he says to me, There's a lot of things you believe, Ken. God doesn't do that today. Supernatural realm as he's talking about. We're talking about those things. God doesn't do it. I says, okay. I said, Can I ask you a question, Keith? Tell me how you get saved. Well, one day I was sitting at my kitchen table. I was eating my breakfast. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And what did he say, Keith? Keith, you're not saved, he says. You're not saved. And I felt the trembling in my heart. And I go, Glory to God. And what did you do, Keith? He says, I gave my heart to Christ. I says, not powerful. I says, and he hasn't spoken to you since. Uh, 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 well he does uh, speak, speaks to me in the word absolutely that's, that's the, the premise that's the beginning and the ending that's the, the measuring line absolutely I says are you tell me the Lord's never led you in your heart and your spirit and spoke to your mind before has he not brought what you've read out into you and led you with it uh, well um, couldn't explain it I says so what you're saying is God told you you're not saved and he saved you and he says now I'll not talk to you until you die I'll not lead you till you die I said, do you realize, I says, there are people whom the Lord could speak to you about and you could go and help them? I gave him this example, actually. So, for a long time, I was just evangelistic. I was going to say mad, but you know what I mean when I say that. (laughs) I used to do four open hours a week. If I stopped talking long enough to, at a corner, and this isn't me blowing, I just preach. Just the truth. If I stopped talking to someone long enough, I said, Mum will preach the gospel. Didn't care where it was, I just preached it. And I used to wrap the doors, and for some reason, we started. Alison went with me many of the times on spell Belfast. And all those wee houses, most of them are knocked down now round by the oval there, where uh, the oval football ground is, where the Glens play. Go up and down them. Just front doors right on the front of the road like this. And you just wrap the door. Lived them one of those in the, on the lower north, the shore road, myself. Wrapping the doors. I'm going along the doors, wrapping them. Like you tell you about the Lord. And we had tracks. my we had wee things to invite them to meetings and stuff too. remember a few of us went and it dwindled because people just dwindled away. And I ended up doing it myself. Just going around wrapping the doors. and Alison was with me one day and I ran out of tracks and I said hey, that'll do us today I ain't coming back tomorrow so the next day Alison and I are heading back and going up the street couldn't remember the house that we stopped at was that one or was it this one maybe it was that one that's the way we were going now this is the truth there was a, a wooden lamppost post. the big telegraph poles there were but usually they're about this. This was that. It was a massive thing. Right on the very edge of the road at the footpath, taking up this hole and we walked into it and I was saying, Lord, where were we? I don't want to miss anybody out. And the Lord spoke me there and I says, Alison, it's this one. Right at the wooden lamppost. We're at the door. No answer. And I'm going, I know the Lord's told me this. This is it. Wrapped the door. No answer. Wrapped the door. Missed. Yes. Door flies open like this. And this guy comes out, steam flying out of his ears. What do you want? He's <laughs> like a devil at me. He was going to beat me up. He was going to hit me. And I went, oh, I, says, I just uh, want to tell you about the Lord. Bleep, 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 bleep. The Lord, bleep, bleep. You and your God, bleep, 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 bleep. And I knock you out and all that sort of stuff. And I went, so, Alison's standing beside me. And I says, look, we just want to tell you, the Lord loves you. And you're not in your own. Chains like that. And he broke and started crying. Started hurting his eyes out in the door. He says, come in, come in. And when we walked in, there was a big jar of tablets. A big bottle of vodka. And he says, I was just about to commit suicide. And you're at my door. He says, and I was so angry at you. I thought I was getting out of this, he said. I said, friend... The Lord has sent us here. We're at next door yesterday. The Lord told me to rob this door just there and I says, and he sent me to tell you that he loves you. He gets saved. We took a drink and he emptied it out. We emptied all the tablets out. And we came back again to see him. And he was going down to the evangelical hall down at the bottom of the road. Saved man. He had lost his wife and children. And they all came back because of the way he was. She had left him. And they all came back. And we went back again. There was the happy family. All going on my God. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's when the spiritual world must come into the natural world. Spiritual realm to the natural world. I went around the next street. and was on my own this day. And I wrapped the wee door, same again, no garden, no front, just door right on the street. And the door was open, there was a little square, and there was the stairs straight up. And there was a little glass door here into the living room. And it was closed, and this door was open, and I was rapping the door. And I heard a voice inside saying, come in. And I go, this person thinks I'm somebody else, and I wrapped the door again. Come in. And I shouted, I'm just from the church. Come on in. And I opened the door. This is the truth. And there was a man standing there in his underpants. (laughs) It's the truth. And I went, oh, I says, "Uh, I'll come back some other time. No, come on in. I says, no, you're all right. And he says, I need help. And I looked and I seen a tube coming to the catheter in. And he says, I need help. And I helped him over to a chair. Got a blanket and I put it over him. He started telling me that he had taken a stroke. And the things that had happened to him. And all that he had lost. And I just let him talk to me for about an hour. And then he says to me, I'll never forget, he says, Who are you anyway? Never talked about the Lord to him until then. I says, I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus. And he gets saved. Now listen. He gets saved. And he says, Is there any more from God for me? Look at me. Couldn't make it across the room. You had a home help that put in a bucket of coal on his open fire. I says, Jesus, can heal you. Prayed for him. Come back on the Sunday tell you who I came back with, Pastor Johnny Brown and we broke bread with him we prayed for him again and I came back again and there he was fully clothed carrying a bucket of coal across, the, across his living room. He said when you prayed he says I've started feeling strength come he says look what God has done and God had healed him when the spiritual world comes into the spiritual realm, comes into the natural world. We have lost the power of the Holy Ghost. That we've lost it. We just don't recognize it. I believe it still. The same God who brought you from a dead sleep in your sin and trespasses is the same one who's here this morning. He's the same one who still saves Saves the soul. He heals the body. He baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I believe He's the soon coming King. Hi, should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Close with this. One is a thousand, that's good. It's impossible, it's good. Two, that's better, isn't it? Chasing ten thousand. Well, there's, there's strength in numbers, as it were. Do you know your brothers and your sisters? And, and you might not recognize this or know this, but I'm sure the pastor here will, will say this as well. Do you see whenever people come in and the church is filled? You know what happens? People in faith arise. Other brothers and sisters are encouraged. But do you see when others stay at home? And the church, and you see maybe empty seats or whatever. And listen, and, and, and we're generally in, in, in a real good, good way, you we're faithful. But do you see whenever the, the faith tends to build, people are, are being built up on their faith when they see brothers and sisters coming out. And I even notice a difference in the worship and in the singing. <laughs> because people are more concentrated on who's not there and why there empty seats rather than uh, than us being filled here with, in the church. Pastor, do you find that as well? it encourages one another in the faith. So there's strength in numbers in the sense that, look, one can chase a thousand, two, ten thousand. So that means if there's three, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, three is, you know, you have, if you have two, you have length by breadth, that's a surface area. But no, three is, it gives the witness, it gives the depth, or if you want, the height up. That's why God's revealed himself in the scriptures. That's why he's manifest to us as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's why God shows us these things. Brings depth to things. Brings reality to it. And three, I worked it out. Well, that would be 100,000. Think of the, the 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 demonic influences and the demonic powers, and and, and you can think of all those devils that want to tear you down. And and when you get discouraged because you've come in and others haven't, or vice versa, you think it. But when everyone is together in unity of the faith. With cords of love, in the bonds and fellowship of the Holy Ghost, and we're with one heart, with one accord, believing in one Christ, in the power of the blood, the finished work, then think of the strength of that against the demon hordes of hell. Think of the strength of it. That's a hundred thousand if going by these numbers, you know what that means? No four. You know what four is? Four's is a million. Four could put a million demons to flight. A million enemies to flight. Believers. Holding on to God. Open for the things of God. Trusting in Him. There's encouragement. There's anointing here. There's overwhelming power when believers are of one mind and one heart. And In Psalm 35 and 5, the psalmist says, Let the angel of the Lord chase them. How should one chase a thousand, two put 10,000 a flight? Simple. <laughs> believe God for more. Get together in fellowship. Seek his face in the closet, in the secret place, and come together and believe God for everything. For everything. God bless us word to us this morning.